on today's show. Us being united to Christ, we're united in his death and his resurrection. So my sin is paid for on the cross because I'm now uh, tied to him. Uh, and I have that assurance that it, that it actually is paid for. But by the same token, the same life that he has granted in the resurrection is, is granted to me now kind of inwardly, spiritually, we might say. But it's also, you know, the hope of my future resurrection, that what happened to Christ happened to me. And, and I, I don't think, you know, we, we talk about the power of the cross. And absolutely, I don't want to take away from the cross in, in any way. But we also need to talk about the power of the resurrection, that same working power that is in work in us. Stay tuned. This episode of the Missions Podcast is sponsored by Radius International. Radius International is a nine-month training program that immerses students in missions and prepares them for culture and language acquisition, evangelism, and church planting among unreached language groups. Their gap year program is available for 18 through 25-year-olds seeking to participate in the Great Commission with an impact on unreached people groups. Gap year interns focus on three things, learning, serving, and growing. They serve in different aspects of the Radius training program and learn through times in class and one-on-one time with staff mentors, and they have opportunities to grow in their walk with the Lord. For more information, go to RadiusInternational.org. And while you're there, thank them for sponsoring the Missions Podcast. Welcome to the Missions Podcast, the show that explores your hard questions on missions, theology, and practice to help goers think and thinkers go. I'm Alex Cookman, Director of Communications and Media with ABWE, joined finally again in the studio with Scott Dunford, pastor of Redeemer Church in Fremont, California. It's been a little while since you've been on the show. Of course, people are probably wondering what's happening. The answer is nothing, just scheduling difficulties, right? We've had some real scheduling difficulties, but man, I've missed you uh, and uh, it's good to be together again. I've missed you too, old buddy, old pal. And speaking of old friends, we have our very own resident PhD, New Testament scholar and initiative strategist with ABWE, and we're longtime friends, Tim Bertolette here of ABWE, live in the studio. If you're watching us here, Tim, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's wonderful to be here. Thanks. And as we're recording this, it is Holy Week, and we are approaching the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're excited for it. Yes. Uh, And you have recently released a teaching series about that very topic for ABWE followers. Is that right? Yeah, we did a a five-part series of uh, just some short videos, each one uh, on the resurrection and and just looking at some different New Testament passages and trying to emphasize just how important it is and central it is to to our salvation, that we don't just talk Uh. about uh, the death of Christ, but we we finish out the story and and say, hey, he rose again from the dead. And, And this this really matters. It really, really matters. Yeah. And for those that haven't heard Tim on the show before, we've had you on before. As yeah, a couple of times, I think. You're passionate about this issue. You're passionate about union with Christ, uh, the the exaltation of Christ, right? Those types of biblical themes, Christ as the true and better David, Christ as he appears in Hebrews. Those yeah. are the things that get you excited as a theologian and a missiologist. Huh. Yeah. When, when I was in... Uh, college, I, I really fell in love uh, with the scriptures and, and particularly New Testament studies and the use of the Old Testament in the New. And uh, been a Christian all my life, grew up in, in the church, you know, knew the faith, was a believer. But man, uh, the Lord just did some things in my life to really spark the interest. And, and I think sometimes coming from that, that church life 
you know, we, we certainly elevate the cross of Christ and we want to, and I don't want anything uh -huh. to make it sound like we're taking away uh -huh. from the cross of Christ, right. but, but we don't elevate sometimes the resurrection to, to an equal level. We kind of just see it as an afterthought. We teach it as, oh yeah, he rose again from the dead. It's a historical fact, which it absolutely is. But we don't talk about the benefits of him rising again from the dead. As, as much as he earned benefits for our salvation on the cross, he also has accomplished benefits for our salvation in his work in the resurrection. Of course, that leads to his ascension. Uh, my PhD was in Hebrews and the ascension, so I've spent a little bit of time on this. And <laughs> I never get tired of it, though, thankfully. Yeah, and that's just the Lord's blessing. So talk to us about that initial, uh, what, what you're talking about right there, that, you know, right. as, as practitioners, as missionaries, or as people in ministry in some way, we're proclaiming the cross of Christ. And sometimes the resurrection gets lost in the mix. And yet in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, hey, here's what's of first importance. And it's not just the cross, it's also the uh, empty tomb. So why yeah. is that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's as you've said, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, the, the, the matters of first importance, a, a literal gospel matter is that, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and uh, was in the grave for three days and rose again from the dead. And this is absolutely essential to our faith. In fact, Paul will go on and say that, that if Christ has not been raised, our, our preaching is in vain. In other words, we might as well just pack it in and, and go home. Uh, and yet I think sometimes what we still kind of do as, as evangelicals is we treat it as nothing more than make sure people know that this happened. Yeah, it's a technicality. Make yeah. sure you mention that. Yeah. I don't really know why. Right, exactly. So we ground everything in salvation in, in the cross. And what we don't see, rather what we don't talk about, is, is what we see in Scripture. And, and that's this idea that, that cross and resurrection hang together as kind of an indivisible unity. Uh -huh. that, that as much as there are benefits accomplished in the cross, the benefits are, are secured as well by the resurrection. The, the fact uh. that Christ lives uh, is, is part of the reason that he can impart spiritual life to us. He's, he's raised again. He ascends into heaven. And, and from heaven, he sends the Holy Spirit. And so we were described as believers as being people who have died and risen with uh. Christ. You think about what goes on in our hearts. We are now dead to sin and, and living alive with this the, the life of the new creation at, at work in us. And that really is tied and, and connected to, we're, we're tethered to Christ. And so we're tethered uh -huh. not only to his death, but we're tethered to his resurrection. And if you don't lift up the resurrection and put it on the same level as, as the cross, you're, you're really doing uh, a disservice to what we see uh, scripture outlining for us. So some of the scriptures that you talk about, some of the key texts, uh, related to the resurrection, 1 Corinthians 1, 1 to 4. Uh, can you just share that passage with us? And how, how does that relate to your message and what you're trying to say there? Yeah, sure. So um, I probably should have had my Bible open before uh, we started, but... Uh, Bamping. Yeah. See, Alex, I thought PhDs had the whole New Testament memorized. But well, that, in Greek, that's a misnomer. But, you know, I didn't want to... I know, I was just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> he has a memorized in Greek, not English, so just forgive yeah, him. Yeah. No, no, I do not. So now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, that which you received, in which you stand, uh -huh. and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance that which I received, 
that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance yeah. to the scriptures. And he goes on to, to talk about who saw him, Peter, Cephas, uh, the 12, as well as many as, as 500. So, so, you know, testifying to, to the reality of it, to the bodily nature of it, the historic yeah. fact. But, but again, there is this, what are the benefits that flow from resurrection? And, and I don't think sometimes, sometimes as evangelicals, and I, and I don't want to besmirk anybody, but it's just kind of like this, we let this fade into the background. And, and the reality is, man, we've got nothing to celebrate on Good Friday if, you know, as we say, you yeah. know, Sunday is coming. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I, I've heard it said, and I think in light of what you're saying, you'd agree with this as well. It's not so much true technically that Christ dies so that we may live. That's kind of it. But rather, Christ dies and rises huh. so yeah. that in him we can die and rise. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. I think you look at the way that Paul unpacks this in places like like Romans chapter 6. Like he ties sanctification to the fact that we die and rise with Christ. You know, if Christ stays dead, he hasn't actually paid for sin. We talk about that in, in the video. Romans 4, he's raised for your justification. Romans 4, he's raised for our justification. His resurrection is, I think, the act of the Father declaring him to be the righteous one. Uh, the use of Psalm 2 and, and the direct declaration, you know, this is my son. And so, you know, those things have to happen to Christ, but then us being united to Christ, we're united in his death and his resurrection. So my sin is paid for on the cross because I'm now tied to him. Uh, and I have that assurance that it, that it actually is paid for. But by the same token, the same life that he has granted in the resurrection is, is granted to me now kind of inwardly, spiritually, we might say. But it's also, you know, the hope of my future resurrection, that what happened to Christ happened to me. And, you know, we, we talk about the power of the cross, and absolutely, I don't want to take away from the cross in, in any way, but we also need to talk about the power of the resurrection, uh, that same working uh -huh. power that is in work in us. And so John Calvin has this wonderful line. I, I think he says something like, the, the cross and resurrection are, are synodokic, meaning they're, they're tied together. Like you can't have one without the other. Yeah. And you can't really talk about one in any completed sense without talking about the other. So for the missions person, you know, like when you share the gospel, you don't just say Jesus Christ died on the cross. You have to say Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again from the dead. And, and not to be, you know, overly uh, pedantic about it. I'm not saying it all has to come out in one conversation. But the reality is you really have nothing to say if you're also not saying, hey, he rose again from the dead. He is Lord and, and reigning now. And the resurrection testifies this to us. You, you can't have a, a full atonement theology uh, without a resurrection. That's as right. The one who took your punishment has now been promoted to the position of judge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, look at look at Paul in, in Acts chapter 17, right? Arguably, it's not his full preaching there. He's having other conversations, as Luke tells us. But in that snippet, he never actually mentions the cross. He says there is a coming day uh, of judgment. Uh, and what's the evidence of this? Yeah. Well, the, the son has been raised from the dead. God will judge the earth through a man, and he's appointed this man in the resurrection. How do I know a judgment is coming? There's a resurrection. Well, that doesn't always make sense. To us, we think, well, well, weren't sins judged on the cross? Well, yeah, absolutely. But again, 
the the resurrection is the vindication of Christ that he's actually passed through the judgment and is declared righteous and that those who have faith in Christ can receive the gift of righteousness uh, from him and from what he's done. So that it's, it's a way of saying like his work, both cross and resurrection, can actually be applied to me. Like I have hope of salvation, not just because he died, because if he stayed dead, we'd still be in our sins, but I have hope of the forgiveness of sins now and in the future because he died and he rose again. He he lives and has defeated that death. Let's just transition just for a quick second. Tim, I know you're a movie buff. Have you seen the new Puss in Boots movie? I think it's kind of one of the underrated movies out there. But there's you know, this, I, there's I, this. My kids are a little too old for that now. No, so. you, it's, yeah, this, this is right. Myself. This is right at our <laughs> age. I'm solid. telling you, Tim. This is at our age because there's this there's this theme of of in that movie about death basically haunting and chasing down uh, puss and and we we understand oh, yeah, that yeah. right and there's this he's got there's nine this, lives right he's a cat yes and he's used eight and okay. uh, we, but we we sense that we feel it especially and that me i'm well into my middle age now and i'm feeling that that hey you know i've got more years behind me than in front of me uh, and how am i going to use those that idea of death stalking humanity and yet in a second uh, video, you talk about death not being able to hold Jesus. Can you, can you uh, unpack that a little bit? You talk about Acts 2, 22 through 36. Um, what are the implications of that for, for believers? So obviously we've we've got the prophecy there of of the Psalm, Psalm 18, and and Peter basically says, you know, hey, this David wrote this, but this isn't about David. This is uh, this is fulfilled in Jesus. Well how do we know? Well his body actually didn't decay. Like David is uh, dead and buried in his body. Has, has decayed. So so you've got fulfillment of prophecy going on here. It's it's ultimately, at the end of the day, a, a messianic prophecy. Well, Jesus is the Messiah. He proclaims this in his, his earthly life previous to his death. Uh, a dead Messiah, though, really isn't a very effective Messiah. Uh. So you have this fulfillment here. He's been He's been raised from the dead. And, and as you mentioned, you know, Acts says death was not able to hold him. One, because here's this prophecy, the, the Messiah won't die. His body won't decay. Uh, a second aspect is, look, he's, he's the son of God. In John's gospel, he says, I have the authority to lay my life down and, and take <laughs> it back up again. Uh, that's an authority that, that uh-huh. no man has. But, but I think two of the important factors that, that we don't always think about is, is, again, this idea of he can't stay dead if the curse of sin, which is death, is actually exhausted. So, so the resurrection is is proof positive, if you will, that that the curse is actually exhausted. I have, in my union in Christ, in the forgiveness that I receive from Him, I have no more sin that needs to be paid for. Why? Because He paid for it. If 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 He was still under death, it wouldn't be saying, in effect, He's still paying off things. And and I think the the other aspect is, and and we often miss this when we read Isaiah 53 is this idea at the end of Isaiah 53 with this righteous one who's raised up the lord will see it and is satisfied uh. and raises his up, him up and and those who are in him he will he will save many is this idea here and so you know we go to we go to Isaiah 53 this great prophecy of his death and we just like miss this Hey, there's there's a small little prophecy, but a hugely important one here of his resurrection, and and so like, the, you know, anytime we're we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about the Son of God, we're talking about someone who we're inviting people to 
believe in him and profess that he is he is Savior and Lord. And so if we don't communicate well how it is that we know that he's Savior and yep. Lord, what we see him doing, uh, we're just not being good evangelists. We're not being good missionaries. What are what are we inviting people to? We're, we're not just inviting people to, you know, be buddies, pals, and friends with Jesus. We're, we're inviting them to receive the forgiveness of sins. How do we know it's actually going to happen? Yeah. To know the risen Lord, to, to confess that he is Lord is so vital. Well, if we don't see his lordship in these acts of of death, but but especially resurrection, like plenty of people down through the ages have died by crucifixion. What makes us uh. so assured that that Jesus's crucifixion is is a different scenario? Uh-huh. You know, other other than there's prophecy beforehand, the the real proof is it's after the fact. Huh. Again, a dead Messiah is a failed Messiah. That Jesus Christ rose again from the dead is, uh, is assurance on multiple levels that he actually accomplished what he said he would. Amen. There's so much here for us to focus on that has to be a part of our evangelistic proclamation. Jesus is also the new and and better Adam. Yeah. He is bringing us into, he, he's, he's the down payment on the eternal state. Yeah. He's the, the head of this new creation that uh, arrives through him. The, the fact that a man... Granted, the God man, but still a human right. has uh, been raised from the dead is proof that we'll be raised from the dead and that we'll actually live in an entirely renewed cosmos. That's the hope of the gospel we're proclaiming, not just live in heaven. Actually, it's live in a new heaven and earth yeah. when they're reunited. Yeah. So I, you know, I agree with that completely. And and here's the thing, like I mentioned how death isn't able to hold him because he's the son of God. But, you know, like, just like when we talk about the cross of Christ and we say, hey, he has to be just like us in every respect or he couldn't actually bear the punishment for our sin. Like, you you can't, you know, if, if he's not human, he can't actually stand in our place because he's not one of us. He's he's a perfect human, uh, right? Good. But he yeah. has to be human to share in that. Well, the, the same is true for the resurrection. He has to be raised up bodily. He has to experience a human resurrection or, you know, there's nothing there to be given to us. The, the fact that he rose again is, is the first fruits of the resurrection, to use Paul's language in, in 1 Corinthians 15. The fact that he rose again from the dead means his people will rise in a resurrection just like him. So, so the resurrection is also an extension of uh, his substitutionary work. It's an extension of his kingship. Uh, he's the firstborn to use the language there uh, that comes from Psalm 89. Uh, it doesn't mean he's created, but it but it means as a human being, he's he's the head of the inheritance. Like like he wins the inheritance as one of us, so that he can give it to us. The language of of Hebrews would be that he's a that he's a pioneer. Like, like he's the first one that goes uh-huh. through the resurrection. Captain of our salvation. Yeah, yeah. He's the first one that goes through this so that he can bring with him many sons of glory. And if he doesn't go through this in every respect in his humanity, then, then we don't really have assurance that he he has accomplished it for us. I Again, I, I love the, I loved sticking to this imagery of, of we're tethered to Christ. And so it's like, he goes up in his resurrection and then ascends into heaven. And, and now he's in like that heavenly holy of holies. And it's almost like, think of how the high priest used to have that rope tied to his foot. So 
that if he died in the holy presence of God, he could be pulled out. Well, imagine imagine this now working the other way. He can pull yeah. us in into heaven because he's well, the captain of our, our of our salvation. Well, and again, you know, like when we die, our spirits go to heaven, but that's not the ultimate hope. It's not. The ultimate hope is resurrection. You know, the end of revelation is new heavens and new earth. Yeah. Us getting the resurrection, the kingdom of God finally being accomplished uh-huh. and handed back over uh, to the Father. That's that that language in First Corinthians 15. But but he brings us in to that experience. He he literally is our king. And uh-huh. and, and this is something I think sometimes believers don't really grasp is is not only is Christ in heaven, he he came from heaven, right? But he's in heaven now. Yes. In a resurrected human body. There has never before been a resurrected human being in heaven until Jesus rose again from the dead and ascended bodily into heaven. And that matters. As as much as our faith hinges on the death of Christ, it also hinges and hangs on the resurrection and bodily resurrection and bodily ascension. Uh And, And that's the perfect hinge point. I want to get into the implications of that. First, I want to remind listeners, last week we shared that we're doing a giveaway. If you want to be a part of the Radius International Missiology Conference happening in Sun Valley, California, June 28th and 29th, you can go to missionspodcast.com slash RMC23, RMC23 for Radius Missiology Conference 2023. We're giving away 10 free tickets to the conference. Scott and I will be there. We'll be broadcasting. We'll be talking to some important guests. We hope you're able to join us. And at the end of the show, we'll talk about some other ways that you can engage with us. But getting into some of the implications of missions now with that. When I was a youth pastor, I used to ask our youth group and kind of try to quiz them and, and trip them up, right? Which is fun to do. Not you know, hard to do. Sometimes not hard to do. Pastor town. Not hard to do as any kind of pastor. <laughs> That's true. Where is Jesus right now? Yeah. Right? And, and most people think, well, he's in our hearts. He's floating around somewhere. No, he is enthroned at the right hand of the Father like you just described. And as the son of man who's approached the ancient of days, Daniel 7, 14, he's received a kingdom. Or you cited Psalm chapter 2 yeah. uh, earlier. That, that we could look at Psalm 110, Psalm 8. Like, right, right. These. But specifically in Psalm 2, he's kind of called up to the throne. And the father says, ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage. Yeah. So uh. this idea that upon his ascension and his session, his installation as king of the universe, which, by the way, if I were still in youth ministry, I don't know that I would just leave it at that. I think I would use an analogy too. If if you saw the Loki series, okay, so we're talking Marvel now. Now we're now just you're into language. Now there's you're a, into there's there, yeah. <laughs> yes, there's a there's an inter. Well, he's more of a DC guy. Well, no, I'm more Marvel. More Marvel, okay, because there's some DC memorabilia. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, there's there is this you know interdimensional traveler he okay. who remains right Kang <laughs> the Conqueror at the end of the series. You don't have to be a sci-fi or, or comic book person to under, but it. It's this whole multiverse thing, and there's there's this one dude just kind of sitting outside above of this all. whole cosmos, yeah. above it all, orchestrating it all. It, even our science fiction is okay with going there, Yeah. right? Well, this is literally true. There's someone above it and outside uh. of it all, literally installed in office as king of the cosmos, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the person that we're proclaiming to the nations. Yeah. 
And that's so, critical for uh, mission. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, so true. You, you could look at Hebrews chapter two, all things are in submission under his feet, uh, but we yet don't see all things mm-hmm. in submission to him. So sometimes it doesn't feel yeah. like he's the king of kings and lord of lords, but it doesn't change the truth of it. It doesn't change right. the reality of it. And, and you know, part of it, like, of course, if we were in a pre-Christian world, we might notice it. Yeah. Right. It's like true. a fish doesn't know it's wet. We're, we're, we take for granted that Christ is reigning. Yeah. We've never really felt what it would be like if he wasn't yet reigning. Well, and even even though in Hebrews context, you know, you had believers that were suffering. So just like yeah. believers suffer around the world today. So in, in the heat of that, it it doesn't like feel like he's in control. And yet it doesn't change the the reality of it. You know, p- but part of this is, and you look at the whole storyline of scripture, you look at the Old Testament, the idea of the gospels going to the nations, you, you look at the the discussion on the Emmaus road in, in Luke and, and what is part of what Jesus says is, you know, the death had to happen, the resurrection had to happen. Why? So that forgiveness could be preached to the nations. Like like the next step in the salvation history after resurrection and ascension and the descent of, of the spirit is now take this message, invite people to believe they too can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness of sins. And and yet none of that happens if Jesus Christ isn't reigning in heaven, building his church, the, the church is huh. the outpost of the people of God. You know, language in Colossians, what happens in chapter one when somebody gets saved? They're translated from out of the kingdom of darkness yeah. into the kingdom uh, of the sun. Well, who's the sun? Well, he's the king reigning. Colossians 1.15, he's the image of God on the throne. He's created all things, but now he's the firstborn uh, over all creation. So, so all of these things, I mean, think of it like, like spokes on, on a wheel and here's at the center, uh, the Lord Jesus who's crucified and risen and reigning. And, and it, it sort of spins outward from there. Like everything we do in missions uh-huh. is grounded in, in the reality. And, and uh-huh. I think part of it is like how many of us as, as people who grew up in the church or have been to missions conferences, we see missions motivated by guilt, right? If you don't get out yes. there and share the gospel, it's your fault that people are going to suffer and die and never hear. And and while that's true, we we just know guilt is never really the best motivation. Yeah. We'll we'll flip that around and and let's be motivated to missions by the reality of uh, the resurrected reigning king. And that's far good. more appealing and enticing to me and i think even that 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 far greater appeal than in in the yeah. message that we're proclaiming yeah motivation and king. message yeah yeah motivation the base message. and also it can be discouraging if if you have this truncated gospel where you're basically sharing about a, a dead jesus you're yeah. essentially just trying to convince people of something that happened once well this yeah. guy you know, Rather than realizing you're you're actively an ambassador for someone who absolutely lives and reigns, but it also impacts the way that we can talk about it in in different cultures, right? We uh, we never want to minimize the guilt innocence paradigm that we right. see in Scripture with justification and right. forgiveness of sin. Sometimes we're tempted to do that. Sometimes theology tempted to don't want do to that. minimize that. But right. but the reality is so so in some contexts you can literally start with guilt and innocence, right? You can yeah. say, hey. We've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the uh, glory of God. Kind of the 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 Romans road approach that we we uh-huh. all learned. What do you do to where you go to a context where they don't even have the context of a of one God who's a creator? Uh, maybe they're in a, in a paradigm where there's multiple gods. So 
now you're you're backing up and you have to lay an even greater foundation there in, in the same way in, in some honor shame context, you're preaching the same message, but maybe you're starting at a different note in, in the, uh-huh. the musical score. Uh-huh. And you can start with a, here's the King of Kings who's been exalted up and reigned over all. He has honor. He was shamed on the cross, but now he rose again from the dead. And because of this, we know that you have guilt and innocence, you know, again, never right. minimizing those things. But but if we're looking at a, a diamond with multiple facets, we're saying, hey, I'm just starting on this side so I can get around to the other side That's as good. opposed to starting on the other side so I can get around to right. the, the reigning and, and the glory. So, right. Tim, as we wrap up, uh, and, and this is great. I, I'm looking forward to watching those videos and recommending them to others. You know, if you were just to say, hey, this is something that I hope people take away from watching these videos, just as an encouragement for our missionary family, our church families out there uh, to tune in. Uh, what would that be? What do you hope people take away from this series? Yeah, I, th- I think two things. One, I, I think I would hope people really just delight in the resurrection uh-huh. and they feel afresh a, a that the resurrection is just as important to my faith as the, the cross. And and so maybe they just need to be built up uh-huh. and encouraged and and reminded that you know, like we used to sing in the old hymn, be, because he lives, I can, uh. I can face tomorrow. And, and I think uh, the other thing is, is I just hope that it would open up new vistas to some of what we see in scripture, stuff that's always there, right? Like Paul prays in Ephesians that people would grasp and understand uh, the power of Jesus. And he basically says that same power that he worked when he raised Jesus up from the dead and seated him at the right hand and put all powers and principalities under him. I, I just want people mm. to have a sense of the power of the gospel. And it's that same power that we saw when, when Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. And when you're doing missions and when you're doing ministry, you're operating out of this paradigm uh-huh. that the gospel is the power of God. Uh-huh. And, and again, we've all been in ministry where we have these discouragements and we don't feel like it's it's the power of God. And and you just want to say to that missionary, that that tired youth worker who's struggling to come up with analogies. Um and we we've both been there. Well Marvel helps. Yeah, Marvel yeah. yeah. But man, the resurrection was the power of God at work. And that same power that you proclaim is the same power that God works in somebody's heart when he when uh. you share the gospel, God, Second Corinthians four says let light shine in the heart and he raises up the heart that is dead in sin. Yeah, and so and you can have confidence in the message that you share. And hey, when when you botch it and you feel like you didn't say it as well as you could have, guess what? Like, that's okay because the power of the message isn't in your persuasive ability. The power of the message is in Christ. And as long as you're testifying to Christ, man, he can work. Don't be too clever. Don't, Don't be too clever. Don't too much. Power Absolutely. is in the proclamation. Absolutely. It's, we're not serving a dead Christ, but a living one who, who possesses the nations and owns them uh, and is progressively making them look more and more like him as the gospel extends. So amen for that. Amen. Thank you, Tim, for serving in this way and preparing this video series and happy Easter to all of our listeners, whether you're listening to this right now at the time of recording as we're heading into Holy Week or you're listening at some other point in the future, we're glad that you're a part of the Missions Podcast listening family. 
The Missions Podcast is a resource of ABWE. To get more from abwe.org, go to ABWE's home on the web. And actually, we're going to include a link to this video series in the show notes too. So if you need to get a hold of that, you can click the link in the show notes below. Of course, you can get more from the Missions Podcast at missionspodcast.com. And to support the show, missionspodcast.com slash support. To enter that giveaway, it's missionspodcast.com slash rmc23. And with questions, ideas, or suggestions, email alex at missionspodcast.com or scott at missionspodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll get you in touch with Tim if you'd like to ask our resident PhD and New Testament scholar here a question. And again, thank you for being a part of the show. We wish you a blessed Resurrection Sunday. And until next week, thanks for listening.